Lauren Salon is an entrepreneur, coach, mentor, speaker, and thought leader. She's also the host of the Amplify podcast. As a coach for high-performing humans, she specializes in emotional intelligence, masculine and feminine energies, mindset, vision casting and execution, as well as personal development. A main focus of her coaching business is supporting women who want to step into new levels of authenticity, confidence, sexual expression, magnetism, alignment, and abundance. Lauren also owns a PR and marketing agency supporting heart-centered leaders in elevating their credibility and authority, as well as expanding their visibility. With a bio like that, you know this is about to be a juicy conversation. Hello, hello, Super Expanders. Welcome back. I am so thrilled for today's conversation. Like I'm literally buzzing and I'll tell you why, because this is a dear friend of mine who, you know, we had had a gap of time where we didn't get to connect and, and talk, but here we are, we're like back in it. And I just know that you guys are going to be so just blown away by the conversation. So I'm so excited to share with you, Lauren Salon. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. And yeah, I, I love that we've been able to drop in the last couple of weeks, been really nourishing and just so nice to reconnect. I know. I love seeing that smile over there. You're, you're, you're glowing and I just, it feels so good. <laughs> so a little bit of context I love to give to, to everyone. So Lauren and I met in a mastermind before COVID. Okay. So that gives you a little bit of context. Yeah. And in fact, we were together oh my gosh. We were like roommates when the world shut down, like the midst of the panic yeah. of all of all of the things happened. And we were literally, literally sleeping in the same bed. <laughs> yeah. That weekend that like every flights were getting canceled. Like when it actually started, there was like the rush on toilet paper at all the grocery stores. Like we were all together and that being like, what's going on? <laughs> like, yes. And like, <laughs> Should we leave? Like, what do we do? Yeah. Yeah. Is this really real? I think there was a lot of that going on, but so that that's how far back we, we go and we connected and, and all of the things, but a lot of things have shifted and changed along, along the way. So I can't wait to kind of fill everybody in on what those things are, but we kick it off nice and deep here. So I'd love for you to share with everybody who you are on a soul level. I love this. Such a beautiful question. Oh, on a soul level, I would say I am, or, or my purpose, I guess the way that I'm like thinking of answering this is I am here to help people remember who they are. So they're most like authentic selves, right? Like they're who their souls came here to be. And a, a big way that I get to do that is by being that and doing that myself and showing showing others how I do that. Right. So to give other people permission for that. So, so really to own your most unapologetic self and your Eunice to live as that version of you in the world, to create based off of your desires, your passions, your gifts, and make an impact in the world in doing that. And I guess that's tech technically that's like when I my purpose and what I do, not exactly who I am, but I would say we're going to get like real, real woo. And I didn't mention before we hit record, but my dog is napping here in the room and she's having a dream right now and she's making some noise. So I don't think we can hear her through the microphone. So I was like, Oh, we're not really quiet right now. Anyway. <laughs> um, 
I know that so much of who I am and who I be is permission for others and, and also very much permission for women to be smart, successful, sexy, opinionated, confident, sweet, soft, what, like whatever it is. And, and so that's, yeah, that's how I would, I would say that would be my answer. I love that. And I feel like you nailed it. I mean, that's exactly the the vibe that I get from you. And that as as long as I've known you, that's, that's definitely been the case, which then makes me, this is something I I don't know the answer to, but as you're describing, you know, on a, on a soul level, it has me curious, what is your human design? Oh, I mean, now I'm like, guess. (laughs) (laughs) What would you think? think I would guess you're a projector. But based on what you're talking about, but then my gut is telling me that you're a generator. Yeah. I'm I'm a sacral authority generator six two. I guess actually if I really think about it, that is true that I would I should have rethought that because based on the feeling into it, I'm also a, a sacral generator, but I'm a, a one three. Okay. See, I don't know. This is actually something that I get to add to my list and actually take steps toward because I love human design. And I know mine decently well, but then when I like look at my chart and if I'm looking at all the lines and stuff, I'm like, oh, we get real confused. And then anyone else's, I'm like, no, nope. <laughs> I have no idea. I think I get a little basic. My knowledge is about generators and that that's about it. I do like, I've read a lot about it, but it hasn't really stuck in my brain. And I think because it's pretty overwhelming when you start looking at all oh of the facets yeah. that you get to bring in to understand it. I'm like, oh my gosh, like hats off to the people who know this stuff inside and out and can talk about it and tell you all about you. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, it's so fascinating. It's so cool. Yeah. I would say human design is probably my favorite, like personality assessment, quote unquote. Yes. And then do you ever stop to think about the person who created it, who like thought it or channeled it? You're like, whoa, that actually (laughs) starts to blow my mind. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, wow, (laughs) what? What is it like in your brain? Yeah. What's it like in your brain when you created this? Like, how high were you? Yes, exactly. <laughs> what were you had, on? Had, yes, had those thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So on this soul level, who you are and all the things you do. So let's kind of open up that dialogue for mm. how you give people permission and what that looks like. A journey of a kind of, let's like even roll it back a little bit, how you came to the understanding that that is who you are on a soul level. And that is your purpose in this world. Let's start there actually. Such a good question. So for a long time, one of my goals, I guess, like, I don't know if it, I would call it a goal per se, but something I would say a lot with like how I want my life to look, what I want to do work, all that kind of stuff. I would say like, I want to make a lot of money being me, right? Like that, that was the dream. I'm like, I just want to like make a lot of money being me, like living my life, sharing that, like all of that. And, and so early on when I was like working for myself and, and kind of like formulating that or like tapping into that idea, I was like, oh, then I'm going to like be an influencer. Right. Cause that's like one way that I think that gets fulfilled, right. Like showing my life, showing who I am. And so I like, gosh, I don't know if they're even still like I did like vlogging for a little while, like YouTube videos, like all that, which like, gosh, they're probably so bad if any of them are still up, but you know what? Like that's, that's the starting place. And so for me, 
it's been a big journey of figuring out, okay, if that's the goal, right. That's how I want my life to look and feel like I want to make money being myself and pursuing my desires and the things that interest me and light me up and like, whatever that may look like. Cause I've always been very multi-passionate and have a really hard time. And like, it feels very wrong in my body to just focus on one thing, whether it's hobbies, interests, work even. Right. And so I'm like, okay, how do I, so there, there was this challenge for a long time of like, how do I do that? Right. How do I package that up? Sure. The influencer route is one route. But I'm like, but I don't like, you know, like, I don't, I don't know how to, to bundle that to like sell me, you know, like if I'm the product, right. And then I'm like, oh, well, and then that can be super exhausting. Right. The idea of being super influence or something seems pretty exhausting as well. And so the way that I do that now is through, I still, you know, I share a good amount of my life on social media, though. I'm like kind of scaling that back like here and there, just because I want to be like less on my phone and social media and all of that. But through coaching, through my own podcast, through programs and really, which I think is what so many coaches do is the stuff that I'm working through, the stuff that I have worked through, the stuff that I'm being challenged by, whatever it is, like figuring out how I can bring people along for that journey, those journeys, and how I can support other people in overcoming similar things that I have overcome or that I'm currently working on is really like how I've brought that to life and like made that intention of like getting paid to be me made that a reality is by being like, okay, so my life used to right, my life used to look like this and I struggled with duh. And now I'm here. Like, and I know how liberating and expansive and transformative that my own journey has been. So like there's some responsibility, though it doesn't really feel like responsibility, like as in a burden or anything, but I have a gift that I can support other people in having similar transformations and achieving similar freedom and like expansion and all of that. And so that's, that's how I get to do that. And, and even in like the other, you know, new things that I'm creating, whether it's the program I'm launching now or new brand, a new company that I'm launching like this summer slash fall, like it's all stuff that's like lights me up and is exciting to me. And I don't think that you should monetize every single one of your passions or anything like that by any means, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how I've landed on it is like, what has my journey looked like? How can I support people in having similar breakthroughs, similar expansion? Um, if I'm excited about something and curious about something, I can't be the only one too. Right. So like then share that and, and bring people along for that journey. Yeah. So, okay. I'm listening to you. I've made me think of two questions. One is what was the process of like being comfortable being that vulnerable because there is a level of vulnerability that we have to bring forth in that sort of a mission. Yeah. I think there's, so early on I would, was comfortable with like a certain level of safe vulnerability that I was like, oh, this, this is like strategic vulnerability, right? Like I'm going to be vulnerable, but like not completely vulnerable, like vulnerable enough but only within my like safe zone, you know, and then, and not to say that you need to like be putting every single thing in like, so raw and vulnerable all the time on social media for everyone to, to see. That's not, I don't necessarily agree with that, but even in friendships or like 
with my own coaches and stuff like that, like holding back to a certain extent, because I was afraid of what people would think. And I'm like, oh, well, if I get like really vulnerable, if I like really honest, then they might think me this way. So I'm just going to go to like here, but I'm not going to quite like fully cross that line of like true raw vulnerability where I feel weak in a sense, right. Or not weak, but where I feel like, I guess feeling weak or I mean, vulnerable is literally the word, but just like that somebody could hurt me in some way, right. Like where I'm like opening that up or like somebody could almost like challenge my view of myself through like their own opinions or whatever. And so for me, it took getting comfortable being vulnerable in safer situations and safe. So whether that's like at the time my marriage with friendships, with my own coaches in masterminds and programs, right. Getting comfortable being feeling safe and being really vulnerable in these like more intimate spaces. And then looking at that and being like, okay, what or with my clients or things like that. And with that, for me, it's not like, oh, then share everything. It's like, okay, well then what is my main message that I am wanting to share with everybody? And the main lesson that I want people to know, okay. And then what parts of my experience and my story will support that. Right. So like, and sometimes like I will all share things that are just like, you know, Hey, here's what's going on in my life. And here's how I'm navigating it. But for me, I typically always try to find if I'm going to share it more publicly in a sense, or like with clients, I try to find like the lesson or the nugget that they can then also apply to their life too. Yeah, and, absolutely. And a part of it too, is just like with being vulnerable, it's keeping in mind that most people are way more preoccupied with themselves than with you right? Keeping in mind, like anyone that's going to like hate or judge or like make comments or whatever, like who cares, you know, like they're probably not people you want in your life anyway, or in your business or to to work with. Right. And so like practicing caring less and less what other people think too. Yeah. That's empowering. Okay. So this, this was the second part of the question, which may, as you're talking about it, it makes me think that all the people that kind of get magnetized in that need this support and they're, they're sort of, um, drawn in because they're like, wow, she's like really doing this thing that I want to do. I want to be able to show up that way. Have you had the experience of people then basically wanting to just become you? Um, kind of, I've had, I don't know that I can like, I've sometimes had some followers where it's, there's like a, there's like a, a weird obsessive kind of energy that happens or like a, like, uh, like a fan kind of energy, which is not, that's not necessarily wrong or bad, but like, it takes it like a little too far, right. Mm -hmm. Where it's just like, there, it's a little too, where I start to feel a little uncomfortable. (laughs) Right. And so, and not that I've had people, I mean, I've, I've had people who like, have like, kind of like ripped off stuff of mine in the past and that sort of thing where it started to feel just really weird. I'm like, this person's like copying everything I do. Like, I just need to block them like down to like, yeah. So yes, but like not, not too much though, like a little bit here and there, but that also is like, I have really good boundaries with social media. I have really good boundaries with clients, with how I show up, all of that. And like always keeping in mind, like, you know, safety stuff too. But, but yeah, I've sometimes had that that feeling. And 
something that I do with people who work with me, like if I ever sense that, like my goal is to support people in like doing what's most authentic for them. Cause it's not going to look like yeah. me. Right. Of course. I just, I, as I was as listening to you, I was like thinking that that could be something that would maybe be a common thing that might come up, especially, yeah. I don't know, just I, cause you think that like, especially as coaches, right. People come in and they want to kind of follow our lead. And that's the, I mean, that's kind of the, the reason why people come in and they want support is because they want someone to kind of lead them towards their own answers. But I could see, especially with this work, people getting a little bit confused in the beginning part of the journey. Obviously yeah. the end result of that journey is a whole different thing, but I feel like in the beginning stages, it could be rather common. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. I've probably noticed it more with like other big coaches in, in the like personal development space where then you're like, Oh, I can tell who every, <laughs> who most of your big clients are because you're all wearing the same hat. You're all starting to post <laughs> the same aesthetic, right? You're like, you're all posting the same Instagram aesthetic. You're all now buying the same exact designer stuff. Like, like, oh it's my like gosh. Yeah. yes, absolutely. Oh my goodness. The craziness the the social media worlds right but yeah i just cause, was just thinking especially in the level of kind of like tapping into authenticity and bringing it forward i almost see that there would be this kind of tipping point there that in the very beginning it might get a little confusing for people okay so let's talk about the especially in this aspect of vulnerability being able to tap into the feminine energy. And I ask mm -hmm. this because I know that this is kind of like a common thing that we both have like shared in terms of, and now you're in the balance, but being in that out of balance and too much in the masculine, too much in the do. So let's talk about that journey, what started it for you and how oh really you started to tap into and fully understand feminine energy and how, how to really bring that out for yourself. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like this is not a short, quick answer. Right. And it's been a long journey, which is so much of why I teach this now. Cause I'm like, yo, you don't need to do all the things or go through all the things that I went through to get here and please don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, yeah. So for me, used to be very, very stuck in my masculine energy. And as we know, like we, we stay in patterns because they're supportive and they're effective in many ways. So like, you know, being super in my masculine as obviously like from a child perspective, like help, help me feel emotionally safe and stuff like that. But like, I was really good at sports. I was really good at school. I was in like ever, like tons of clubs and like got great grades, like all this kind of stuff. I had a good job. I made good money, like all of this because I was a perfectionist. I was in go, 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 do, do, do mode and just like nonstop. And for me, so much of that was driven by a lack of self-worth, right? Many other things, but like largely lack of self-worth. And I really started to like, I didn't even know what masculine feminine energy was until like, I don't know, six years ago, seven years ago. I don't, I don't remember exactly seven years ago, maybe. And the place where I saw it most, cause I started to like heal the overachiever stuff, the perfectionist stuff to work on the self-worth stuff. But where I saw the masculine feminine imbalance was actually through my marriage and no longer married. And I saw it showing up in my relationship. And when I started to actually like 
lean more into my feminine. And I didn't realize at the time that I was doing that, but when I started to let go of the overachieving the do, do, do all the time and, and the like perfectionism and the control and all of that, and started to surrender more and to incorporate more like ease and flow and work on my ways of being right. Not just my doing when I started to do that, which in effect is leaning more into the feminine. I really noticed the absence of the really grounded masculine within my relationship. And again, I wasn't, didn't really know what that was. Like I wasn't thinking of it in masculine feminine words yet, but I noticed that something was missing in my relationship. And at the time, the version of me back then, right. I'm, I'm married to a a wonderful man. Like I'm, I'm feeling something's off. Something's not right. Like feeling like it was very much a me problem. Oh, like you're not happy. Like, Oh, why aren't you happy in your relationship? You have a, you know, you're, you have a great relationship with a good person, like all this kind of stuff. Like, and I chose, and this was like so long ago at this point, but I chose to have an affair in my early in my marriage as a way of at the time thinking that like, oh, I'll just like, I'm, I'm not feeling the like really dominant, powerful masculine. So I'm going to go have that itch scratched somewhere else. And then maybe I'll be, it'll be fine. Right. Like that was at the time kind of the, and not that, not that I was thinking of the, of that situation in those kind of like conscious ways. Right. But, but after a lot of reflection and therapy and healing and everything like that, like being able to look back and be like, oh, that's what like I thought was, you know, subconsciously, like what was going on for me and in, in, on one level. Right. And realized, oh no, this doesn't actually, this didn't solve my problems, obviously. Right. Like, of course that's not going to solve the problems. Like, are you kidding? You know? And like, I send so much compassion and love to that version of me because she like to do that. Cause that was something I never thought I would ever do to anybody, but to do that, right. Like I was hurting so much myself to do that to somebody else, right? Like, right. Cause it's, it's terrible to do to another person, terrible to do to yourself, but that's a big area where I saw that gap and I was trying to have it met somewhere else. Right. And so that really like my marriage having an affair in my marriage and then like navigating that with my ex-husband, husband at the time, trying to figure that out and work through all of that. That was a big reason why I dove so much into doing this work and figuring this out for myself. And ultimately we decided to get a divorce. We ended our marriage mid 2020. So like, like exactly it was May, 2020 and, and my ex moved out July, 2020. So I'm almost at the like exact three year mark of like being a completely single person and stuff. And, and so that also like the end of our relationship also propelled me even further into this work because I knew that like, so I couldn't blame like, Oh, well, it's cause my ex wasn't really like in his masculine. Right. But also it was because I was consuming the masculine space for one. So he didn't have room to be like in his masculine. I also, because I was so in my masculine, healthy and unhealthy masculine, but also in my wounded feminine, because of that, I was attracting a man and men who were not in their grounded masculine, right? Because I was, I was occupying that energy. And so I also needed to like, knew that if 
you know, to improve my, my future dating and, and everything like that, but also just like heal myself. And so many of my patterns that weren't working, I really needed to heal all of that. And so that was really the, like the catalyst for all of that work. And of course there have been like so many more opportunities and stuff, but that was the biggest, kind of the biggest kicker to, to get me jumping in all this. Oh, goodness. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. You're welcome that. I mean, that's a, that's a big, a big journey. And something what I took note of in the very beginning is when you had said about your having the affairs that I chose to have the affair, Mm -hmm. which I think is really, I bring that up because I think the power of language in that too, right? Because that's part of, I think, being able to create the healing, right? Because we do make choices. And so I noted that I was like, I feel like that that's the, uh, it's a testament to the strength and power into like where and who you are now. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, and that's, and even speaking to vulnerability too, right? Like that, I would still say that's the worst thing that I've ever done to another person. That's the worst thing I've done to myself. Right. Like, and I'm shit. Like I've done plenty of like terrible things to myself, but that's, yeah, that's, that's probably the worst thing I've ever done to another human. And it had major ripple effects as well. And that used to be the, the thing that I was most terrified to tell anybody, like the thought of sharing that publicly was like, was terrifying because I'm like, well, people are going to think that I'm a cheater, that I'm a like terrible person. Like, how could I do that? Right. Think people are going to think that I'm a bad person, all of this. And like, sure. People might, there could be people who like, oh, because I cheated in shit, 2015 or something that like, I'm still, I'm like, shit, that's almost 10 years ago. Right. The holy shit. That's so long ago. But like that, yeah, there may be people who, who will think that of me now because it is part of my past and I can't control that or change that. Right. Okay. Fine. Sure. Like go think that, right. When we think, oh my gosh, what a terrible person. Okay, fine. Whatever. I can't control that. And like that, it happened. It happened. I did that. Okay. Like I, today, this version of me, would not do that, would never do that again. Right. I could have kept that a secret for the rest of my life. I chose to tell my ex-husband, I did not get caught anything like that. I chose to, to say that, to, to tell him, you know, like I could have taken that to the grave and never told a soul and no one would know. And, and I could have preserved my image or whatever. Right. But one, I think when you keep shit like that in, and you're scared of that, that's what gives you cancer, those kinds of things. And where I was at in my relationship at the time, we were working on rebuilding and fixing things. And so I felt like everything needed to be on the table if we were going to do that, like start over essentially. And yeah, but like, it's, it's not something I'm proud of by any means. I would never do that again to another person. And I have done deep, deep, deep healing around that therapy around that, all of that. And even that version of me feels so foreign and so far away, so far away. But yeah, but that used to be something that I couldn't say with, I couldn't even say that I did that without crying because I was beating myself up so much for it and carried so much shame around doing that. Right. And so releasing the shame doesn't mean like I approve of the behavior or think the behavior is okay. Right. But I don't, I'm not terrorizing myself with it anymore. And I've could give a shit if someone else thinks I'm a bad person for it. Okay, fine. We all have things that we have done that we are not right. 
proud of. Absolutely. Yeah. I just think that, I think that it's important to even just like talk about the language that we use around things and how that shifts the energy and the freedom that that creates. So, okay. In all of this, then what were the things that were that you started to do and I guess, utilize the tools, the practices to really step into kind of that juicy, powerful, feminine energy? Yeah. So for me, I had, cause feminine energy is not just about sexual energy and stuff like that, obviously, but for me, so much of my, I had a lot of trauma and just like tension and messiness and conflicting beliefs and feelings around my existence as a sexual being around my sexuality, my sensuality, all of that. So I needed to do a lot of work too, around healing my sexual energy as well. And, and so some of the things for me that I did, I mean, some of the basics like meditation, journaling, right? Like simple things. I also did a lot of a lot of work on owning my desires and my pleasure. I like once I, I got divorced and like, you know, was in my like fresh single girl era had like a, a beautiful, like sexual, I guess I would say it's sexual awakening in a lot of ways, which was so fun and got to really explore that. And so really like so much of it was around owning who I am, right? Like all those sides of me and not making myself wrong for it, not making myself wrong for things. And so that came by way of, yeah, a lot of meditation, a lot of visualization, a lot of like sexual healing stuff. Uh, And yeah. And, and really like removing busyness and a lot of stuff so that I could really also reconnect with my intuition and my body too. So good. Okay. So is, is that the kind of thing that you teach inside of your programs then? Yes, actually like (laughs) all of that. And, and I, my current program that I'm launching will start sometime in July, probably mid July, maybe end of July. I haven't like put a a hard date on it, but it's called Queendom and it's a year long program. And it is all about the divine feminine embodiment stuff with an emphasis on sexual energy and sexual expression on abundance, money, and alignment, magnetism, that kind of stuff. So that's the, so, cause I was, I was finding that when I would do like a two week, six week, 12 week program, I'd, we'd get into it and I'd have so much fun. And I'm like, oh, but we really need to also talk about this. And we also need to talk about this. We need to talk about this. We don't have time for all the things. Right. And so now I'm like, okay, this needs to be like a year long, like deep program where we can go in all the directions. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I, I mean, I love that you are highlighting just even the the longer term journey period, because I think there was been this huge trend inside of, you know, the coaching industry with these like micro programs. And I, I understand this idea of having this opportunity for someone to kind of like taste test who you, how you work. And, and I still think that there's room and space for all of that. But when you start talking about these things, like stepping into feminine energy, it's not a two week deal. It's like a journey. And it's like a, also a a lifestyle, right. That you get to in, in body and a journey that 
is going to unfold for the remainder of your life once you start the process. So I feel like it's such a disservice to people to think that they could jump into any kind of program and think that in a two week or a four week journey, you're going to enter and then like enter one person and exit on the other side, like completely transformed. Cause it's, and it's like a high bar to set for the coach to facilitate that. Cause that's like, hello, impossible. And, and B for the student going through or the, what I guess, student going through to think that they actually can do that. Right. I mean, it's yeah. just impossible. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think like many programs are good for a lot of things and you can get a lot out of them and yeah. And for this kind of stuff, like no, like this, this for me has been a many years journey. And my goal is that it's not a many years journey for other women, or at least whatever their journey has been up until that, this point, like this can help accelerate it and close the gap on, on those shifts, but realizing too, yeah, it's, it's a lifestyle shift, right? Like it's a, it's a complete shift in who you are and how you're living, thinking, doing your life. Right. So it's not like a quick, like a quickie thing. And I do have short programs too, that are effective, but it maybe goes into like, you know, 2% of what this program would be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Oh no, I know I lost my question. Hold on. Let's see if I, <laughs> let's see if I can get it to come back here in yeah. a second. Let's we were talking about longer form programs. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I totally lost my short my form stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Who knows? All right. Maybe it'll come to me in a second. Okay. So when people come into this program, is it kind of like a mastermind style situation? I'm curious about it. I'm like, what does this look like? Yeah. Yeah. So we, so I haven't, so this is the the first time I'm, I'm doing it. Cause I, like I said, I've had like two months, you know, I had a program that was, I think when it first, I ran it, which was all about sexual energy. It's called sacral. And when I ran that program, I've run it a couple of times and every single time I ran, I ran it, I would add weeks on, like, I would be like, okay, this round, we are 12 weeks instead of eight weeks. And, you know, and like that first round I think was six weeks, like that kind of stuff. And I'm like, what am I doing? I just need to like do a bigger, a bigger thing. And so Queendom, this is the first time that I am running this program, like in this way. And we will have a monthly guest, like masterclass teaching. So, and it's not, so the thing with this program, yes, you're going to learn a lot, like in your brain consciously, all of that, but it's so much more about how to embody and like step into new, like a different version of who you be. And so not just like, oh, here's the information now go home and like, think about it and do your homework and stuff like that. Like, yes, there's going to be homework and, and like activities and things like that. But my goal is really to like have the the calls and trainings, like be embodiment activations as well. So we'll have guests, experts coming in, like people who are experts in like vocal activation, right? So use your voice, throat chakra, and that's so connected to like your intuition and your, your sexual energy as well. So like voice activation stuff, we've got somebody who's going to support us in like how to become like strengthen your intuitive abilities, how to connect with your guides, we're going to be like dabbling in like, you know, the energy of like BDSM kind of stuff and kink and everything. So like all, all kinds of things and really, really cool guest experts. And so yeah, monthly guest workshop, there'll be a monthly Q and a with me. We have a private 
WhatsApp group for like texting support and all of that, and just community and connection and everything. Do weekly, like a weekly journal prompt type of act- activation as well. And then everybody who's in Queendom too will be able to get discounted access to the retreat and what else? And like exclusive merch and stuff like that. Oh my goodness. So fun. Amazing. It sounds like a lot of fun. fun. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So how can people find out more about this since we're, we're like really, I'm like asking all the curious questions. Yeah. It's I'm posting about it on my Instagram, which is Lauren Salon, S-A-L-A-U-N. But you can also check out the website for it, which is laurensalon.com slash queendom. Yeah. All the details are there and you can slide into the DMs, uh, ask questions. On the website, there is a, a link to book a call with me, all of that. We'll make sure all of that is in the show notes for everyone to, to access. So I remembered my question. My question was, so when you are teaching programs like this, and as you're going through, do you find yourself kind of like going through it in the same way and all of a sudden like kind of leveling up in certain ways? So typically, yes, is is the like basic answer. But usually I've done these things in at least once, if not several times for myself, but I, it's not like I've like done the exact workshop that somebody's going to come in and do, right. I may have learned from them or be friends with them, or they may be right. Like one of the, the expert who's coming in with the intuitive stuff and like how to connect with your guides. Like she's my intuitive that I go to for healing and psychic stuff, like all of that. Like she's my, my person, you know? And so I'm like, you get to come in and teach other people how to, how to do this. And so in that, like, yes, I work with her privately, but I work with her to get readings and stuff like that. Not necessarily to teach me how to do it better for myself. And so, so yeah, absolutely. Like I, I mean, like selfishly part of why I'm so excited for this program. Cause I know I'm going to up level a ton too, and get to like, learn from even more epic people who I've learned from, or been like in community or connection with in some way, but yeah, I probably haven't learned from them in this exact way or this exact workshop or something. Right. So yeah, anytime I do a program and this is goes back full circle to the like, oh, I want to get paid to be me because like, this is the shit that I want to be learning about more and strengthening in myself and, and expanding for myself too. So like, yeah, I get like so excited about it because I know that in teaching this stuff, like, yes, I've gone through so many of these things. I'm not just like pulling it out of my ass. Right. But like in teaching it and like going through it with other people, even if I'm guiding them through it, like, I know I'm going to learn so much and expand so much, of course, because everyone has their own experience. Everyone's going to have their own things. They're going through their like questions, all of that, that allows me to see this work through different lenses to like explore new facets of it that maybe I haven't thought about. Like, so yeah, it's, it gets, it's really expansive for me as well. And like such a fun, fun journey. So exciting. I know it's one of my favorite things about leading programs mm-hmm. is when you bring in people and you're like, Oh, selfishly, I wanted to learn this stuff too, yeah. that I, I like, I knew a little bit about, or I've had this experience, yeah. but now, now I get to like really, really learn it, which I think is so cool. Okay. So this, this program is coming up and people can find all the information about it in, uh, in the show notes. One last question, and then yes. we'll tie it in a nice little bow. 
on this whole entire journey, there had to have been someone that really, truly expanded you in ways that really showed you that, that all of this was possible for you, which is really what a super expander is. So I'd love to hear your super expander story. If you're, if you're willing to share, I don't have just one, I would say. I know like, I, we have, we have lots of them. So I have to hard. say we get to build them. We have them for like little facets, right? I actually think you don't have one that's like encompasses everything. Yeah. I think that the, the big, like in the very beginning of my journey as an entrepreneur and wanting to work for myself, uh, it, it was, and still in many ways is my friend, Lori, Lori Harder. And she, you know, Lori, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Obviously. And Yeah. I would say Lori, because when I was first starting my business, like in 2014, right? Like, oh my gosh, that's when I started working for myself. I did Isogenics for a bit as well. Like started that in 2015. And so that's how I became aware of Chris and Lori harder. And since then, like I, they've both been clients of mine. Like I've done their masterminds and stuff, become friends with them, like all the things. And I would say Lori, because back then, and I was doing more in the fitness space back then too, but I saw her just as such a role model for like what she was doing business wise, like very much admired her business. I loved how she showed up on social media. I saw her as someone who was so, and, and still see her as someone, but like, I'm, you know, thinking about 2014, me, 2015, me saw her as someone that was so authentic and was willing to like be silly and goofy and, and all of that, but also like so successful too. And another really big thing as well was I really admired her life too. And like how I imagined and assumed, right. Cause again, I didn't back in that time, didn't know her and Chris personally, but I, it seemed clear that she like walked the, walked the talk, right. Like that what she was sharing with people about personal growth and, and all this kind of stuff. Like it seemed like she really believed in it and embodied it and her life looked good too. Right. And, and not just like good, like fancy, but like, I didn't get the sense that she was like a crazy workaholic and like killing herself to like make her business work and all this kind of stuff. Like it looked balanced and fun and she had rich relationships and stuff. And so that for me was like, oh, this is somebody who has incredible success, right? Is well-respected, looks like she's having fun with her work and enjoying it and really believes in it. But also like her life looks really lovely too and really beautiful. And so she was probably one of my, and still is such a role model for me, but like probably one of my first like big, big role models of like, oh, like I don't necessarily want to do exactly what she's doing, but like that's, that's the path, right. And the direction to head in. Cause like whatever she's doing, it seems like it's working in many different ways. So yeah. So I would say, I would say Lori and like have since then, of course, had the beautiful like blessing to get to know Chris and Lori and to work with them in many capacities. Yeah. They are awesome. They really are always, always opening doors for people Mm -hmm. and ready to, to pull back the curtain and share all the things. If you're willing to show up, ask the questions and and do the work. And I would agree. I definitely feel like she's the vulnerability. And I feel like transparency that she brings in, in all the things is kind of like, you know, make, does make it feel that it's possible for you too. And that's, I mean, that's really what a super expander, their role is, is to show you that if you can think it and dream it and they're doing it, then you can absolutely do Mm -hmm. it too. 
Yep, exactly. I love that. So I'm so, so glad that we had this opportunity to chat and catch up. I know you are a busy woman, so I'm going to tie it in a bow here and let you get back to doing your thing. But so, so grateful to have you here today. We we talked about where we could find you. Instagram, the your your upcoming program, Queendom. So make sure you guys go down, give her a follow, say hello, let her know that you heard about her here on the on the Super Expander podcast. So she knows because it's always nice to know when someone comes to say hi, how they found you, right? And check out that program because it sounds absolutely amazing. Yes. Thank you so much. We will catch you on the next episode. Like a fire needs oxygen and fuel. You're not meant to reach your goals alone. Your missing part could be as simple as finding the right community. And if it's not my community, there's definitely the right one out there for you. If you're looking for a place to start, check out the link in the show notes and let this community help you breathe in fresh oxygen.